Welcome to Create Your Own Economy podcast, the weekly podcast that equips you with the know-hows, the strategies, tools, and resources to create your own economy, grow your business, and live the life you desire. If you have not done so, hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. everybody and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host Bumi Ajibade and in today's episode I will be speaking with Bayo Ajibade and he will just uh, share with us um, his journey to owning his own business, how he came up with that and um, you know just share some of the strategies that have helped him and some of the challenges and how he over um, how he overcomes the challenges. So welcome, Bayo. Welcome uh, to our podcast on how to create an economy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as you know, that the podcast is all about how to create your own economy, your own source of income, is very important for everyone to have an idea of what they want to do. One of the things we all do is we complain about our jobs, how I don't like the job, I'm tired of the job. Then on Sunday night, we're uh, not happy. We don't want Monday to come because we don't want to go to work. But the thing is, if you don't like something so much, what are you going to do about it? And that is what Bio is going to talk about. Uh, Adebayo Ajibade is a licensed clinical psychotherapist in Kansas. He's a doctoral candidate in counseling psychology at the University of Louisville, where he previously completed his master's degree. As of now, Bio is completing a pre-doctoral psychology internship at the Arkansas State Hospital in Little Rock. And Bayo, <laughs> Bayo is, is a great guy. He is a recovery musician. He still drums on random objects everywhere in the house. He loves to cook. Bayo is a food enthusiast. And he comes up with recipes and all that. And when he's not cooking, when he's not at work, when he's not drumming and making people crazy, he loves to spend time with his beautiful wife, Linda. So I'm happy to have you, uh, Bayo. So my first question is, when did you know that you don't really want to work for anybody? When did you know that? I would say, I, I first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, very few people ask me about these kinds of things, so I'm happy to share my experiences. Um, I would say that I, I first really realized that I, I wanted to work for myself uh, going through university. So about um, my second or third year in college, uh, having worked a little bit uh, at the school, and having decided uh, that I wanted to enter the mental health uh, field, um, I just got this sense that uh, that you know maybe it, it wasn't for me 
to be on somebody else's schedule uh, and to be um, what seemed to me like a hamster wheel of, you know, working, uh, improving your skills, um, achieving new things, but being at the mercy of somebody else with how you progress, right? Um, so, you know, realizing the type of student that I was, uh, and I did much better when I was left to my own devices to learn things that I was interested in and to complete things at my own pace. And all of those things kind of worked together um, for me to kind of uh, have the idea that, you know, it was going to be my own business at some point. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I know you said you don't want to be left at the mercy of somebody else to determine what you need to do, when you need to do it, to determine whether you are due for promotion. And, and, and at times, you know, your, your skill set that you have, uh, they kind of put you in a box and you are not able to flourish at the rate that you want to. Uh, and uh, so thank you for sharing that. So what are some strategies that helped you to eventually have your own business? Um, so I think the main strategy for me was uh, the way that I approached my education. So it's a little bit different for me than most people with a business because you know, I, I am my business, right? My, my skills and what I can do clinically um, is it are the goods. It's a, it's a service-based thing, right? So um, what I did in my training was just work intentionally to be exposed to as many different things uh, clinically that I can do, right? So um, it didn't, I wasn't satisfied with going through the training program just the way that it's designed, but I, I went out of my way to get training experiences um, in private practice, uh, which is kind of what, what I what my goal is at, at the end of this, um, and also in a wide variety of clinical assessments and evaluations that most other uh, students would not be exposed to. So forensic evaluations, um, psychosexual evaluations, things that most people don't do um, mm. until they're well into their career. I made an effort to do while I was in school to kind of put myself in position to be in demand uh, when I was ready to go from myself. Wow. So you went out of your own way to, to get more experience, do things that other people don't want to do. That's the thing. Successful people, they do things that other people don't want to do so that they can get experiences and job opportunities that other people are waiting, you know, to get. So, uh, uh, and that helps position you with the skills you have, positions you uh, to be able to grow a business. So, so as you are trying to do that, what were some challenges? Because you had a full-time job. So yes. what were some challenges as you are trying to cross uh, from working for somebody to actually working for yourself? Um, I, I would say probably the, the main challenge, like with most people who want to start their own business or work for themselves, uh, was financial, to be honest, uh, having the stability 
um, to transition into full-time private practice uh, because of, you know, the dependability of a paycheck that's coming in uh, is one thing, but when you go into private practice, you're at the mercy of uh, insurance company reimbursements, you're at the mercy of uh, patients and clients who decide they don't feel like paying you for a few months, you're kind of at the mercy um, of other people in terms of your uh, cash flow and, and financial stability. So that was kind of the, the main consideration. Uh, I was fortunate to be able to work in a practice group that helps make it more stable. Um, so in exchange of some of the finances I bring in with my work, uh, the group shares resources, right? So having people to do billing, having people to um, set up uh, client schedules, having people to do little annoying things like scan all of my documentation and paperwork that would take me, you know, an hour or two hours to do that I just disappears because somebody else is, is taking care of it, obviously for a fee, but um, so, you know, th those are some of the challenges that I managed to kind of get around. Yeah, you know, and I know it took you some time uh, to transition. Uh, so uh, preparation is key. Preparation is key uh, because financial stability, I think, is one of the reasons why people abandon uh, their, you know, th that, that yearning to have their own business, to create their own economy, uh, because if they have a business and they're not sure when, when they will get a paycheck. So if then they are not well prepared, then it's like, I need to go back. Then, or I need to go get uh, a part-time job. Uh, and also, you know, I think uh, also being able to part with part of your earnings uh, in the in the facility where you worked uh, also helped you. Um, yeah, you know. I, I do. I do think it's important to mention that uh, it was a transition period. It wasn't a, you know, one day I decided, okay, that's it. It was months and months of of preparation, of planning my schedule, of working more than one job. Technically, at one point, I technically had three jobs. Um, so it was it was a lot of effort uh, to go into it, but once I was ready to go, I was stable enough. Um, and I think I'd be remiss to not mention that you know I have a spouse, and so it's not just me in terms of uh, financial stability and in terms of making sure everything is settled. So that that helped a great deal. To be honest, it would have taken me a little bit longer, I think, to um, kind of get everything settled and ready to go. Uh, to make that leap, if not for first time, so yes, definitely, definitely. You know, your wife bringing in an income really helped uh, at that point. So, how would you encourage somebody? Maybe there's somebody who wants to maybe take their side hustle into a full time job. How will you mm -hmm. encourage them, especially uh, people maybe in your field? Uh, people that have specific skill set, how would, you know, what would you tell them? How, what encouragement would you give them? Um, first thing first, uh, 
it's possible, right? You are, you are your own business. You are your own product, right? Um, your skills uh, cannot be, uh, it can be easy to kind of undervalue or devalue your own ability when that is the product you're bringing to the table versus, you know, I've created this product and I could rely on how good the product is and try to take myself out of the equation. I, I, more or less in the whole equation. And, yeah, the and product. Just, mm-hmm. um, so just kind of having some confidence uh, in what you can do and what you offer. Um, and another thing I would say is not to be um, afraid of working hard. So that there is a need for balance. And I think balance is extremely important. It's honestly, one of the things I've, I've struggled with, uh, but um me too. Sometimes you just have to do hard things and it's going to be hard and it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, and that sometimes, you know, that's just the reality of it. You do everything you can in your power to make the best of the situation, uh, to take care of yourself the best you can in the situation and to draw your boundaries of what you are and are not willing to do before you ever get to those crossroads. Right. Uh, so if you find, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where it's like, okay, I'm going to have to work every night for the next two weeks until midnight to get this thing done that I want to get done. If you've already set up that I'm not do, it's not how I'm going to live my life. If I can't get it done on the weekend and it's not for me, then it's easier to let go of that than in the moment, every opportunity, jumping at every single thing that comes up, you know, setting those boundaries for yourself beforehand kind of helps you sustain your sustain your strength in in the process of building um, you know business what, or practice or whatever one thing that you did just now you you kind of separated uh people that have products they have physical products that they are selling maybe they're selling clothes they're selling makeup they're selling something those are the products but when you are the product you know you you what what you are selling is this is your skill set is the skill set that you have so it's very easy at times to say to devalue oneself or because if you devalue yourself that is how other people will see you and and if you are not showing your strength if you are not showing that you have value uh that you want to give somebody nobody wants to pay you for what it is so is very important that if you lack any skill or anything, go learn. If if you know that you are so good at whatever it is that you're doing, but you don't know how to have conversation with people, you are a shy person. Can you take some classes? Because if you are so skilled, but you cannot articulate what you do, there's no way people will know. There is no way people will know. And uh, confidence, uh, uh, balance, uh, and bio, do you know one of the, and you know I read a lot, one of the things that I've seen is that fear of failure paralyzes people, prevents them from even studying. They have the idea, some of them will even write it down, but it's like, what do I do? What if I fail? What do you want to say to those kind of people? Oof. 
those those are my people. I think. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's to me, it's a matter of, of perspective, right? Sometimes we are so invested in everything that we do that it becomes everything, um, and that I think that is where the room for fear comes. Uh, the room for fear, where fear really takes hold, is when you elevate the goal or the thing you desire above what it really is, right? At the end of the day, what you do for work uh, is not necessarily who you are. Um, there's, a, there's a separation in terms of the value of your, your person just as a human being uh, versus what you do for work. Um, and, you know, being able to kind of separate that a little bit and have a realistic view of, of what failure actually means um, you know, for example, uh, if you have to work your side hustle part-time or as a side hustle longer than you think you should, right? So if you, in your, in your dream, you had this plan of, okay, I'm going to do six months part-time and then I'm going to transition over and everything's going to be beautiful, right? Once you get to month seven in your, in your mind, oh, I failed. Mm. This isn't going well, right? Versus this is what I do. This is what I want to do and how I want to approach it. And I'm committed to process of building something. Um, and to fail truly is to not try. Mm. If you're working, if you're moving, if you're being diligent, persistent, intentional, um, and what is, what really is failure, right? You can't fail. Uh, you might have a business that struggles. You might have a product that isn't moving the way you want it to. You might have a uh, something in the business that isn't going exactly how you want it, but that doesn't necessarily make mean that you have failed, right? It's mm. uh, it's something that's outside of who you are, right? And as long as you can keep those two things a little bit separated, then, you know, what's there to lose, really? It's just work. It's just work. Somebody that would say, I failed, that person has not tried at all. You know, you can imagine how many people have failed in, in their endeavors. How many people? So many people have a project and the project didn't work. They didn't shut it down. They go back to the drawing board and say, what can I move around? What can I do? Can I get uh, a partner who, you know, do I need to take a class? to get better so that I can revisit that project. Uh, so we're going to round up uh, the interview and I really want to thank you, Bayo, uh, for, for your time. So right now, what are you into right now? What are you doing right now? Um, right now, uh, I am finishing my training. Um, so I, I'm focused on getting my last little bit of uh, supervised training. Um, and I'm also working on expanding my practice slightly. So I've slowed down a little bit of my clinical practice to focus on my training, but I've then adopted um, a kind of a second arm of what it is I want to do long-term and uh, in organizational psychology. Uh, so learning to work with organizations on leadership development um, and uh organizational culture 
developing, consulting. So that's another part of my profession that I'm very interested in and that I'm working to gain experience. So I've been working with a company recently that does leadership uh, evaluations and development for large companies. Um, and I've just kind of been jumping on some of their projects and trying to help out and kind of learn the process of doing that work. So uh, it's always moving forward, always adding more tools um, to, to hopefully build, you know, practice that, that resembles, you know, my interests that I can, that I can pour into day in and day out. Yeah. So in two years, three years, where do you see your business? What do you see yourself do in two or three years? Okay. Um, that, that, that vision has changed recently. I think um, at one point in my life, I thought about building uh, a psychology practice in the traditional sense. But I think uh, in two to three years, I want to be uh, an independent provider. Right. I want to be a psychologist, uh, board certified, skilled in evaluations, um, and just kind of doing the work that I am interested in. I'm very interested in evaluations, forensic, clinical, all, all basically every type of evaluation I can get my hands on. Uh, I'm very interested in organizations. So I just want to be able to do that for a living. Uh, have people have people give me money to do stuff that I think is cool. I love to do. And then you, you on the other hand, you are helping them also, giving them value exactly. and helping them in their lives and, and all that. Exactly. I'm so yeah. proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of your focus. And I cannot wait to see uh, to see you, to see the business grow. And so thank you so much for sharing with us. So thank you, everybody. And I really... Uh, you know, on behalf of everyone listening, I want to thank Bayo, um, who in a year will be Dr. Bayo Ajibade, right? Amen. So we are looking forward to that. And he has already told me that I need to call him Dr. Bayo. So, um, you know, if you are, if you are ready to create your own economy, if, if you feel that, that the job you are doing is not what you envision for yourself, you are the one that can make a change. You are the one that would determine what kind of skills do you need. And if you don't have the skills, go look for it. Go volunteer somewhere where you will learn. You will see what they're doing. You, you will learn. And if you are ready to create your own economy, but you really don't know, you think you are ready, but you are not really sure, I invite you to go to my website and download the 10-point checklist to check your understanding, understanding for understanding for your readiness uh, to jump in uh, into or to start planning towards jumping in into business. Go to clarogr.com slash checklist. And if you have a question for Bio, you have a question for me, you can type it and, and uh, we will get Bio's information to you. You can reach out to him, especially if you are in uh, his field of work and you have some questions. I know he will be very happy to support you. Thank you, everybody. I'll, and I'll see you on the next episode. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. The best gift you can give me is by sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, and reviewing it, which will help this podcast to grow organically. If you want to create your own economy and live the life that you deserve, join my next workshop or schedule time with me. My purpose may as well be to help you on your journey. Visit clarogr.com forward slash workshop. See you again next week.